each day, twice the rate, rate of similar highways in our states. Many are attributable to short on and off ramps and tight spaces for merging. But the spot on I-5 in Oregon with the most collisions is right here at the Hayden Island northbound on ramps. And because there are no safety shoulders on the bridge, each crash can bring traffic to a halt. As traffic increases, so too do collisions. The only transit open to the public is busing, and buses get caught in the traffic just like everybody else. The bicycle and the pedestrian path is not for the faint of heart. It's four feet wide, just a quarter of the standard width. Today's crossing does not meet modern seismic requirements and is very vulnerable to an earthquake. We need a better bridge for the people of both Washington and Oregon and for those who travel on I-5. Knowing that, our states and communities again joined together more than a decade ago. We've been at this for a decade, my friends, to develop a new crossing deserving of the Advisory groups, partner and screen 70 project ideas. The options were narrowed to a dozen, most promising, and then to five alternatives. Three years ago, after holding open houses, giving community presentations, reviewing 1,600 1, public comments, we developed the locally preferred alternative. And today, Governor Kitzhaber and I have approved a bridge type for the Columbia River crossing. It is the composite deck truss. We still must address the bridge's appearance and design, and so the architects will go to work. But the composite deck truss gives us a structure that meets our needs for today and for the future. First and most importantly, it is the affordable option for the taxpayers of this area. Secondly, this option maintains the project schedule, which is critical for us to get federal funding. <coughs> Thirdly, it minimizes the environmental impact. Fourthly, it protects public safety, including offering full soles to shoulders, and it builds on the work that has already been done. Governor and I have discussed this, and we specifically discussed this idea with the U.S. Secretary of Transportation while we met with him in February, and then again last week. We have been told by him that we have every reason to be confident that the U.S. Department of Transportation will support the project as we move forward. Critically, our delegations are going to help us, which is also going to be very important for federal match dollars. In fact, Secretary LaHood told Governor Kitzhaber and myself that for a multimodal project, this is a model to the country. And in terms of partnership between the federal government and us here in this, these two states, it is a model project all around the country. You have every reason, ladies and gentlemen, to be proud. Timing is going to be critical for our success. We are asking for almost $1.3 billion from the federal government. That is important for us to be able to succeed. We must secure a federal record of decision on our project this year in order for us to ensure our best chance of receiving those federal dollars. When it comes to major transportation projects, staying on budget means staying on schedule. I can assure you of this. A debt trust will allow us to do that. It maintains the planned path and footprint. It reduces the likelihood that we'll need to engage in a supplemental environmental impact statement. 
is the least complex type to build and therefore should attract the most bidders and allow us to have the most competitive process. A composite deck truss supports a safe bike, walking paths, and light rail. In short, the time for a Columbia River crossing is now. Not which we must, we can build a new bridge that meets our needs, ensuring the smooth flow of traffic in all its forms, from cars to transit to cargo ships. We have much work to do, and in the coming year, both Governor Kitzhaber and I will engage our legislative bodies in discussions on how to finance the project. We will engage our treasurers. And to, but today, I also want to thank everyone here and who is not able to be here who have been so critical in allowing us to get to this point. That, of course, includes first the citizens of the local communities, who have provided invaluable input and who have shaped the bridge that we will build. And thank you for our local leaders at all levels who have shepherded the project through to this day. The bottom line is we have much to be thankful for. In our congressional delegation, and I'd like to speak specifically about Senator Patty Murray, who's critical on transportation funding, she is committed she has made it very clear in conversations with myself and with Governor Kitzhaber, she's going to fight for us to make sure we get the federal dollars we so desperately need. Secretary LaHood has been a partner all the way along. And now we're going to have a new partnership uh, with the, F, uh, the Federal Transit Authority and the Federal Highway Authority. They will be at the table with us day in, day out. That is unprecedented. That's what will be a model for the rest of the country. Governor Kitzhaber and I know how challenging the times are. Uh, believe me, it is one of the toughest uh, economic times in the history of our two states. So I want to thank you, Governor Kitzhaber, for recognizing, despite the tough times, we must come out of these recessionary times ready to hit the ground running. That means this is a top priority. And I want to thank you, Governor, for recognizing it, for absolutely committing yourself to it, working every day as you've taken office to make sure that we make this possible. We know that our future depends on trade, transportation, and bold investments. We must step up to this challenge. We must build a new bridge for a new century to meet the needs of Washington and Oregon and the Pacific Coast. Thank you and congratulations. Thank you very much, Governor. The conversations about this project actually began during my first administration with Governor Gary Locke. And uh, obviously, uh, a lot of the agreements and commitments and arrangements that were put in as part of the package that I inherited when I, I was elected, I wasn't a party to, but I want to stand with Governor Gulgar here and lend my full support to this project and this decision. Both of us recognize the importance of replacing the interstate bridge to address a wide range of public priority issues. I think first and foremost, as the Governor said, is a question of safety. 400 crashes a year, congestion that impairs freight movement, limited public transportation options, a very poor and inadequate pedestrian and bicycle facilities, seismic vulnerability are among the few of the reasons why we need to make an investment in a long-term solution today. I believe it's time to move forward. Maintaining our transportation infrastructure, I think, is critical for the future of a region made up of bikeable, walkable, transit-friendly communities on both sides of the river. We also can't ignore the tremendous economic impact of this five-mile stretch of the Interstate 5 to our 
regions economy and to large and small businesses all up and down the West Coast. As Governor Gorgoire said, $40 billion of interstate and international commerce crosses this bridge every year to businesses and distribution centers and ports. And the fact is that commerce is being increasingly impacted by a pinch point that is now considered the worst between Mexico and Canada. I firmly believe that the decision we've made today in selecting the Deck Trust Bridge makes a, a, an opportunity to mark a new beginning for this project and enables us to take the next step towards making a significant investment in the transportation system for the future, not for the past. Together, Governor Gogar and I have resolved to follow through on our commitments to the region, which include to permit and engineer and construct the most affordable, least risky bridge possible, to maintain the project schedule, to minimize environmental impacts, and to maintain and honor the commitments we've made to the communities on both sides of the river. Now this decision, at least for myself and I'm sure also for the governor, was not arrived at lightly. Over the past two months I have spoken with many very passionate opponents and proponents of various bridge types, designs, and approaches, and I have taken all of that input very seriously. To me, there are three central elements or questions involved in this project and in this decision. The first, of course, is the actual bridge type itself. The second is the question of project financing. And the third has to do with ensuring that we're actually building a transportation system for the 21st century. And I think part of the confusion and one of the problems with the public debate to date is that these three elements have been viewed in isolation, as though they're separate, unconnected entities. And the fact is, all three of these elements are interdependent and connected. And I'd like to take just a moment to touch on each one of those in, in, in turn. Clearly, the question of the bridge type has been dominating the public dialogue in, in recent months. And I've been very impressed with the high level of debate and the creativity and ingenuity of those who want to ensure that we design and build a bridge that the region can, in fact, be proud of. And I'm particularly grateful for the presentation uh, given to me by the Urban Design Advisory Group that made a very, very compelling case for the Cable State Bridge which is certainly my own personal preference from the standpoint of aesthetics. I know that's true of Mayor Sam Adams, and I believe the Metro Council President Tom Hughes would also agree. So I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how we could make that work, how we could make that bridge type work, given the uh, funding window that's made available to us. I personally spoke with Peter Rogoff, the Administrator of the Federal Transit Authority, with Victor Mendez, the Director of the Federal Highway Authority, with Secretary of Transportation uh, Ray LaHood, uh, with Secretary of Commerce and former Washington Governor Gary Locke, and also with Will Stell, who is the Administrator of the Northwest Regional Office of the National Marine Fisheries Service. Those conversations led me to the conclusion that the Cable State Bridge Type would need additional design work and environmental analysis and public review prior to even completing an assessment of whether or not a supplemental draft EIS statement would be required. The time necessary for that preliminary design work and analysis would not only add cost to the project, but more importantly would carry us out of the optimal window for securing the federal resources that we need to move the project forward. This conclusion was reinforced in a conference call I had with our congressional delegation on April 15th, where they described the growing uncertainty about transportation funding in Washington, D.C. as Congress struggles to develop a long-term debt reduction plan, about the rapidly narrowing windows to secure federal transit dollars, and increased competition for federal highway dollars if that appropriation ends up being reduced. If we miss this window, we not only put at risk the overall project financing, but particularly the $800 million in federal transit resources which we are seeking to finance the light rail component of this project. Contrary to recent reports, the aesthetics of this bridge are a very high priority to it. 
But at the same time, we have to use this project to begin to change the transportation paradigm in this region to support trans transit and other non-automobile options. The deck trust bridge gives us the, the maximal opportunity to secure the transit dollars that are essential to make this more than a bridge, but a new transportation project that's designed for the future transportation environment, not the old one. Having said that, Governor Gregoire and I are committed to tapping the region's design talent and energy to provide meaningful input from, as we move from decisions about bridge type to decisions about bridge design. And I'm confident that we have the ability to deliver a bridge for the future, not a bridge of the past, and a project of enduring value that's worthy of this great region. Towards that end, we've directed the project team to immediately engage bridge architects and designers to develop conceptual design elements for the deck trust that will be incorporated into the project prior to the issuance of a design-build contract. Through that process, I believe that this bridge across this river can and will be architecturally elegant. The next issue before us, the second issue, although somewhat less glamorous than bridge design and bridge type, is the whole question of financing, which is absolutely crucial for this project to move forward. While most of the public debate to this point has been focused about bridge type, financing is equally, if not more important, in the long term. The last thing we want is to expose the General Fund of Oregon or the General Fund of Washington to a large, unanticipated liability in the future, so this financing plan has got to be solved. Therefore, the questions that have been raised about CRC financing, many of which I share, by the way, have got to be taken very seriously. As I mentioned, we have a very short window of opportunity to seek the federal transit dollars for this project, so we have to re-examine and refine our financing proposal while we're securing the necessary federal project permits as we go forward this year. The fact is that without a financing plan that, that uh, meets muster, we're not going to get the federal resources we need for this project to go forward. I appreciate very much the concerns about financing expressed by my longtime friend Joe Portwright and others who share his view, and I've taken that input seriously. Governor Gugar and I are absolutely committed to an inclusive, transparent, accountable process as we begin this new phase of project finance. Towards that end, we have directed the treasurers of our two states to work with their own bond experts, and if necessary with external specialists, to conduct an independent financial review of the CRC's financial options that would include an assessment of the strengths and weaknesses, as well as the project phasing schedules with contingency plans if some of the funding does not materialize. This review, which will be completed later this year, will then be followed by an investment-grade analysis of the project financing. 